Are you ready to help people rediscover America's covenant with God? This is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for joining me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy. It's clear that America's people have been dumbed down deliberately by a secular and demonic agenda to make us all ignorant of truth, ignorant of common sense, ignorant of scripture, and particularly ignorant of our own history. We should all know the fact that God's prophet clearly prophesied that his own people, yeah, my people, he said, are destroyed for lack of knowledge, Hosea 4, 6. When we speak that message, it can be a prophetic wake-up call for those who might be listening closely to what we're about to say. But another problem is that many in the true ecclesia of God lack the mature personal mentors who can coach them to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We all need that guidance to discern what's true and to learn from the events and lives of the past that are able to witness to the incredible grace and power of God. You probably know people who think that the word ecclesia sounds a bit odd because all they've ever heard is the word church. Well, that's an unfortunate mistranslation of the commonly known Bible term in Roman culture for assembly. Let them know we're referring to the assembly or ecclesia of people Jesus said he would build on the prophetic rock of insight declared by Peter when Peter confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God in Matthew 16, 18. This is why the authority of anointed preaching and teaching is so vital. Paul wrote, How shall they hear without a preacher? Romans 10, 14. And it's not just about speaking words articulately because of human eloquence, is it? No, the effective prophetic accomplishment of the word of God that does not return to him void, like it says in Isaiah 55, 11, results from the boldness given by the Holy Spirit when his servants have spent serious time with him, when they meditate in his word, study his word, pray through his word, and speak his word with like-minded fellow followers of Christ. That's when things change. Just think about the example of the disciples in Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Spiritually mature and critically thinking minds, still able to use logic and common sense, are awakening to a fact. God has orchestrated conditions putting us on the threshold of a truly unique turning point in the existence of mankind. Because of the propaganda complicity of big media, big banking, big business, big education, and even big religion, the manipulation of politicians has become clear to just about everybody. The public at large were mesmerized to fall in line with a true conspiracy. And then they fell for the lie that anyone who believed in conspiracy theories was stupid. Now, one of the really significant outcomes of the tidal wave of global mass mind control is that people willing to think are discovering something. If we want to be mature and spiritually active adults, we all have to be involved with politics, education, business, health care, and community relationships, all the really important aspects of what used to be considered growing up into a responsible citizen of a free country. For the last century now, the people have become less self-reliant and increasingly dependent on the big guys, and this made us lazy, self-absorbed, and indifferent. 
a relatively safe, affluent, and free society easily submitted to the lure of indulgence and eventual slavery. And now we see a worldwide movement happening. It may not be in the news you're hearing, but you're about to learn that people all over the world are awakening to stand up, take action, and begin to reform their ethnos, their nations. God is allowing conditions to open many souls to the revelation that they need him. Jesus made a prophetic statement to his disciples about his natural cousin, the Baptist, named John. He said, If you're willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who is to come. That's in Matthew eleven 14. I've learned something about prophetic declarations the Holy Spirit enables devoted believers to declare to his disciples today. Too many modern Christians have not learned biblical discernment to understand the spirit of prophetic communication to the body of Christ. When Paul wrote that he wished that you would all speak in tongues, but rather that you would prophesy in 1 Corinthians 14.5, he was not telling them to predict the future. I read the context. He was advocating that we pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. Why? He tells us, the one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, exhortation, and consolation or comfort in 1 Corinthians 14.3. This helps us understand the prophetic nature of historic events, prayers, and words of declaration that have been made in history. This applies even to our own unique providential history of the early founding and development of America. Most Christians, unless they've taken the time to deliberately study it, have not heard too much of this in their typical church experiences. This is a serious deficiency in our modern churches. Having had a lifelong love for the profoundly inspiring stories of Bible history and the history of the Western world in America, I've been particularly excited to hear Pastor Dutch Sheets recently. In his daily devotional online called Give Him Fifteen, Pastor Dutch has shared some really inspiring gems of history. If you haven't yet been blessed by hearing these short messages that he has only recently begun daily recording on YouTube, you're in for a wonderful discovery. But more important than the history itself is the stunning application that these historic observations have for our unique and appointed time, our kairos in history, even if it's very challenging. Pastor Dutch retold a very timely and important message that the Lord impressed me to share with you today. He made the statement that, in a recent service, he said that present-day prophetic voices to Christ's disciples were going to a higher level of maturity and accuracy in their prophetic gifting. Now, if you're like a lot of us who might have been disappointed with some aspects of what we've personally experienced in the realm of spirit-filled prophetic gifts— It should be encouraging to hear what Pastor Dutch said about the anointing and revelation that is being restored to the body of Christ. He noted that God is showing him that the Holy Spirit today is bringing the ecclesia, the true family of God, to greater maturity in their gift of hearing, discerning, and applying the information that God gives to them. He emphasized that we desperately need the prophetic gift operating at a very high level to accomplish all that Holy Spirit intends in the coming season. He said that great grace is coming to facilitate this. And then, Pastor Dutch shared a very insightful personal story. A personal friend and ministry colleague named Bob 
told him of a recent insight that he learned from a word of prophecy that he had given a while back. This prophecy is enlightening and encouraging. I'll share some of the highlights now. Did you ever read the rarely told dedication of the pioneers from England who landed on the shores of Virginia at Cape Henry over 414 years ago? I'd like to read it for you as a call to covenant. And remember that this was the prayer of the pastor of the voyage that landed at Cape Henry, Robert Hunt. Here's what it says. Quote, We do hereby dedicate this land and ourselves to reach the people within these shores with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to raise up godly generations after us and with these generations take the kingdom of God to all the earth. May this covenant of dedication remain to all generations as long as this earth remains and may this land, along with England, be evangelist to the world. May all who see this cross remember that we have done here, and may those who come here to inhabit join us in this covenant and in this most noble work that the Holy Scriptures may be fulfilled. Pastor Dutch's friend Bob says, Most scholars agree this was the first Protestant prayer and the very first time an intentional corporate prayer of covenant was offered to God on the soil of America. It was heartfelt, deliberate, and offered with appropriate spiritual protocol. The embryonic nation was now in true covenant with God. The wooden cross planted in the sand beside their kneeling prayer witnessed their dedication of a land to God and the covenant oath with which they did it. This foundational prophetic prayer is actually not well known, but its significance cannot be overstated. God has not forgotten this original covenant entered into with him. Is he heartbroken with America? Yes. Angry, perhaps. Is it too late for America to be saved? Absolutely not. Will there be an awakening in the hearts of the American people and a return to our original covenant with God? Yes. Now I want you to hear more of what Pastor Dutch shared from his friend's report. Again, I quote, I was attending an annual leadership conference where Dutch Sheets was speaking. He says, On one particular night, there was a strong prophetic flow and release of intercession for our nation and the church in America. The word of the Lord came to me clearly. Hearing what Pastor Dutch's friend prophesied helped me to see a dimension of prophetic gifting that reminds me of Jesus' beatitude where he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, Matthew 5, 6. This prophetic encouragement resonated with what the Lord had been burdening my heart to pray for quite some time now. Here's what he said. I've not turned away from the covenant this nation made with me, but this nation has turned away from it. The cry of a remnant in this generation has been heard, and I'm raising up a new wave of prophets to call this nation back to America's original covenant. You'll see an increase in the number of trustworthy prophets arising in the land. You'll see the level of the prophetic word released to go to a higher level, and a nation will hear the word of the Lord calling it back to covenant. I'm also going to bring forth a new wave of evangelists in America. They'll flow in apostolic understanding and anointing for signs and wonders. There will be an increase in the number of true evangelists in this nation. There will be a company, even a wave of them, going after the hearts of a people 
The call to redemption through my Son will be heard by many for the first time. I'm shaking all things. I'm raising up more who will join the remnant. I'm raising up more who will increase the volume of my call to this nation to return to covenant. I'm raising up more of those who will reveal my Son to the multitudes that hearts may turn to me. A remnant shall be strengthened and a nation shall be shaken that it may be awakened. In the days after releasing that word, Bob continued, I prayed over it, asking God for more clarity and strategy. He led me to the above prayer, Robert Hunt's prayer of covenant in 1607 at Cape Henry. I've studied all the events in history of America's early pilgrims and settlers many times. Somehow, however, I had missed the reality that they had solemnly entered into a covenant with God regarding this nation. Now, in case you might know some who may not have heard a good explanation of the serious nature of a biblical covenant, you may want to introduce them to theamericancovenant.net. We're not talking here about a simple contract agreement that people can break and walk away from. Here's a bit of what I found there at theamericancovenant.net. America's Declaration of Independence is a covenant document that joins member states together under a common frame of government. On a deeper spiritual level, the Declaration of Independence is a spiritual covenant between a people and their God. To state this concept of the spiritual covenant with God another way, America consists of separate sovereign independent member states that voluntarily joined under a covenantal framework of government as one nation under God. They, the American people, as John Quincy Adams stated, were bound by the laws of God, which they all, and by the laws of the gospel, which they nearly all acknowledged as the rules of their conduct. They were bound by the principles which they themselves had proclaimed in the Declaration. Along with the blessings of liberty, so too comes obligations for each generation to renew this covenant and pass it on to the next generation. This must involve the education of the youth and adults, since many were not taught in school, on their obligations to God and the Christian biblical principles of liberty and freedom. We, the American people, have the free will and choice to live in obedience to God's laws and commandments and enjoy God's blessing. Conversely, if we reject God's laws and live in disobedience, then we'll suffer the unenviable consequences of our actions. Engraved on the Jefferson Memorial in Washington, D.C., is a statement by our third president. He said, The God who gave us life give us liberty. And can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis? A conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath. The United States was founded on a love of liberty and respect for God's laws and commandments. These were the shared, cohesive bonds of Christian morals and values that united the country both in good times and bad. Today, we see a defiant rejection of God and his moral absolutes of right and wrong by many. We see a divided society with a growing number of citizens renouncing their birthright of liberty and freedom for socialism and communism. No longer is the biblical basis of liberty and truth stated in our founding documents self-evident to most Christians. America is the country that birthed liberty and freedom into the world. Government was established to secure the blessings of liberty, so it's truly shameful that many citizens can no longer define the word liberty. Far fewer 
know the biblical spiritual laws and principles upon which that liberty is based. Pastor Dutch Sheets ended telling of his friend's remarks, saying, Let each of us bring this covenant before the Lord individually. Let us also collectively use the covenant along with this prophetic word of the Lord and pray. God wants to send reinforcements so that together we, his people, might awaken a nation. With Pastor Dutch, I, for one, say a resounding, Yes, Lord, so be it. A lot of the conflicts we can see in our natural experiences are heavily influenced by the invisible spiritual world. This is why spiritual warfare is simply using God's authority and power to resist the works of darkness, as it says in James 4, 7. It's also why Paul wrote that people whose thinking is entirely natural don't accept the realities of God's Spirit. They can't even comprehend them because they are spiritually discerned, as it says in 1 Corinthians 2.14. Biblical spiritual warfare is simply engaging with God's authority and power to resist the works of darkness, as it says in James 4.7. Did you ever think about the fact that the victory of Christ's death and resurrection must be enforced? Another powerful episode of Give Him 15 was on April 18, 2021. The story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20 tells us that God's prophetic voice through a man named Jehaziel told the king to position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. We need to see a powerful insight here that applies for us today. First, we must recognize that in warring against any enemy, there are certain positions appropriate for doing battle. Next, we must be attentively still in order to see what our commanding officer orders us to do. When God told the army of Judah under King Jehoshaphat to see the salvation of the Lord, it's helpful to know that the Hebrew word for salvation here is Yeshua. Besides the meaning of salvation, it also means deliverance and victory. It obviously points to Messiah, Jesus. Set your eyes on your salvation, Jesus. He's the Lord of angel armies, the King of kings, the commander-in-chief. Be alert and awaiting his orders. God's Holy Spirit told them, Do not fear or be dismayed. Terror, dread, and being demoralized must be resisted in the confidence that we have in God's word. You're invested with the power, the presence, and the glory of God. He'll be involved in the battle. That's why we can cast off fear. Yes, you will face the enemy, but you will behold the victory of the Lord. Did you get it? If we're going to obey God and trust in his word, we must position ourselves, stand at attention, focus on him, and resist the fear and apprehension from looking at natural circumstances. Then we move ahead as he guides us, as he reveals his plans through his word, through prophetic revelation, through dreams and visions, Listen to what King Jehoshaphat said. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. That's 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. Mark it. Today our nation needs the ecclesia of God to rise up in God's assigned authority as never before. Jesus came as a human, the Hebrew word Adam, to retake Adam's lost authority. He succeeded. 
And that's why he was able to truthfully announce in Matthew 28, 18, all authority or exousia has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Colossians 1.13 says he delivered us from the domain, the exousia, authority of darkness. Satan didn't accrue any new power at the fall, and he didn't lose any at the cross. He lost authority, the right to use his power, his curses, his demons, etc., on those who come out of his kingdom and into Christ's. He'll try to do so, but when he does, we must enforce the victory of Calvary, resisting him and binding his actions in Jesus' name or authority. Let's remember that Christ has already defeated Satan. He stripped him of his right to rule us. Our warfare is simply to enforce, in Christ's name, the victory of Calvary. It's not to re-defeat Satan. We war from Christ's victory. We do that with his authority. That's why we pray to God in the name of Jesus Christ and command demons to flee in his name. You can't do that effectively if you don't know it, really know it, personally. I'd like to pray with you who are listening now, a sincere supplication to God. Perhaps you'll want to go to reclaimyourlegacy.com and share today's episode. It's titled, America's Return to Covenant with God. Pray with me. Father, we're grateful for men like Dutch Sheets and his friend who belong to you and listen to your voice intently. We pray for a supernatural rediscovery of the true mission of Holy Spirit-anointed apostles, prophets, and evangelists to be released in America Sharpen their ability to hear you and operate in a higher level of these gifts than we've ever seen. We humbly ask that you soften and prepare the hearts of America's people. Help us to have a great awareness of what you are doing and how you're moving in our land. We don't want to miss what you're doing. We want to recognize and respond to the new manifestation of your Spirit sweeping this land in our generation. Lord, cause us to hear you clearly so we can cooperate and work with the Holy Spirit as he moves across America, awakening this nation. And we ask it in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Rather than continuing to spread the evil, negative reports being deceptively used by the mainstream media to control the minds of those who pay no attention to the Word of God, why not decide to agree with the mindset of Abraham? Paul wrote about Abraham in Romans 4.17. As it is written, I've made you the father of many nations, in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. With the eyes and heart of faith in God, I invite you to decree with me what Pastor Dutch Sheets wholeheartedly proclaimed on the Give Him 15 devotional. By God's grace, America is returning to covenant with God. We agree with his plans for America to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. We're all in this together. Thanks for your prayers as we work to help listeners in our area discover resources to help in this very real war over the hearts and minds of the next generation. If you haven't yet visited ReclaimYourLegacy.com on your computer, why not do it today? See the radio archive to find previous episodes and share them with your friends. And if the Holy Spirit impresses you to help us stay on this channel, we truly need your financial contribution. And we appreciate it, whatever he enables you to do. There's a place on the website that you can select different ways to donate. It's all about each of us doing our little parts to the glory of our risen King. And be sure to give Jesus all of the praise. Until next time, this is Dennis Peterson, and thanks for being with me today on Reclaiming Your Legacy.